After the defeat of Joshua chapter 7, we get a pretty good victory in Joshua chapter 8. In Joshua chapter 7, the Israelites have been defeated by a tiny group of runaways from a place called Ai. Not because the Israelites weren't capable of defeating them, but because an Israelite named Achan, when they went into Jericho, he crossed the line he wasn't supposed to. He took some of the plunder of Jericho for himself when God told them, you're not supposed to do that when you go into the city. And so after Achan has learned his consequences and after he's been punished for his consequences, then God comes to Joshua at the beginning of Joshua chapter 8 and he says, fresh start, basically. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Send your whole army into Ai. I have given you this place. The victory is yours already. Very similar to what God said when they went into Jericho. And then God added one more thing after he told Joshua not to be afraid and not to be discouraged and uh, to go into Ai with the full army and that he was going to win. He said, oh, and also tell all of the Israelite soldiers when they go into Ai that they can take as much of the plunder for themselves as they would like. And I wonder if when Joshua passed that off to the Israelites, they kind of raised their eyebrows a bit like, is this a test from God? Because that's the thing that got Achan in trouble. <laughs> that, uh, you know, we weren't supposed to take the plunder, and he did. And we all know what happened to him. Is this, is this a test? But it wasn't a test. For us, looking back on it, it's, it's a reminder that God knows how to give us what we need. And he knows exactly the right time to give it. He knew, obviously, that there was a sin that was growing in Achan's heart and it needed to be exposed so that Achan would see what he was loving more than he loved God. He knew that Achan needed to repent of that sin. And so he knew that that was the right command to give at that time so that Achan could see his sin, see the consequences of it, and also so the rest of Israel could re be reminded that God is really serious when it comes to what he tells us to do and what not to do. That was the need. But when that lesson was learned, God knew that Israel had another need. They had just spent the last four decades wandering around a wilderness, and so they, they didn't have homes, they didn't have things to fill their homes with, they didn't have possessions, they didn't have anything. But the people of Ai did. So we said, there, it's not just the city that's yours. It's now all the things you will need to provide for your homes. That was a need that they had, and now is the right time for God to provide it. God knows what we need, and he knows when to meet those needs. It reminds me of Jesus' words in the book of Matthew in the famous Do Not Worry section, where he says, Do not worry about your life. Do not worry about what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear. You know, our physical needs. He says, Do, do not worry about them. Your heavenly Father knows what you need. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he said. And all those things will be given to us as well. In other words, Jesus was saying, just think about the relationship you have with God through Jesus first. Treasure that. Hold on to that. And your Heavenly Father will make sure that you're not penalized for doing that. He'll find a way to give you everything you need. But, but sometimes, 
His ways will baffle us a little bit, and that's okay. Just think of the, the big event that really accelerated Jesus down the path of getting to the cross, the one that really got his enemies all fired up to, to come and kill him. It was the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And Lazarus was sick, so his family sent word to Jesus, Jesus, your friend, the one you love, Lazarus, he's sick, come and heal him, as they had seen him do so often. And Jesus heard the news and he took it seriously, but he didn't get there quickly. He made a very slow journey to the home of Lazarus, so slow that Lazarus died a couple of days before he got there. And Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, they came to Jesus when he got there and said, Jesus, if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. If you had been here, this, this would have turned out differently. Why did you make us wait? And I think they saw one of the reasons why. Because after Jesus spoke with them, he asked them, well, show me where you've buried him. And then they showed him. And when Jesus saw the place of death, and when he looked at his friends and saw what death does to us, Bible tells us that Jesus wept. And I think they needed to see that, just like we do. We need to see God weeping alongside of us in our pain. We need to see that it touches God deeply when we are hurting. We need to see that. And the only way for Mary and Martha to see that that day was to wait. and not give them what they were looking for and what they know they needed, life for Lazarus. But then, of course, Jesus didn't make them wait very long for what they were hoping for in the whole time. He spoke to the grave. He spoke to Lazarus, who was dead, inside of it. And he said, Lazarus, come on out. And he did. And in so doing, gave us something else that we need. A reminder that the God we believe in is more powerful than anything more powerful than death itself, more powerful than whatever it is you're carrying on your heart right now is your greatest burden. He knows. He knows how hard it is to wait. And he knows what you need. Just remember where Jesus knew that miracle was gonna take him. He knew it was gonna take him to the cross where he showed the whole world that we will always have the heart of God. Who knows what you need and knows exactly when to give it. Rest well tonight, my friends.